Amen. Their own composition. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. Such a blessing. Amen. Amen. Listen, uh, we are we are privileged uh, this morning. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Chizo, uh, his wife Shandina, um, they have uh, they have literally poured into me and my wife's life. Uh, uh, they was they they went to Derby, came to Derby, sent out from the Walthamstow congregation. Um, in 2005, I believe it was, 2005, I think it was, yep, yeah, I got it right, 2005, uh, and from there, you know, I, I came, I got saved in 2006, um, and from there, they have been working with us, and many different men, uh, you know, from this ministry, he sent out a church to Stoke on Trent, um, he sent out a church to Sheffield, uh, sent out a church, amen, to Hull, amen, um, you know, I, I came to come and take over in January, um, and from that, they've sent out a church to Paris, France, uh, amen, so, you know, touch it, amen, we, oui, amen, <laughs> amen, so touching lives, um, and it's such a blessing uh, to have him here come and preach, because, uh, you know, there's so much investment he's uh, over the years, has poured into me and my wife uh, uh, just to see uh, what God has done through me with a hand that he's played through Pastor Chizzo. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, when I first came, listen, I, would, I was so timid, I couldn't even make eye contact with people. So timid, I couldn't hold a conversation. I'll say hello and that's it. I'll walk away, pray that I don't have to say anything else because uh, so, I, couldn't, I couldn't handle conversation. Uh, and he, he had to work with that. <laughs> he had to work with that. Uh, um, and we are blessed. Uh, uh, Sister Shandina, her hospitality uh, is just amazing. I just loved going to their house and just seeing that they were normal people. Uh, um, it was a blessing to come. So uh, listen, today uh, we are privileged. Can you say Amen. So I want us to understand and give us a will, a massive, massive Potter's House whole welcome as we welcome Pastor Chizo. Come on, preach. Okay, amen. Well, it's good to be here. And uh, we thank God for all that he's doing um, in your lives. And Pastor Pete's life, and uh, the best is yet to come. Amen. So we're just scratching the surface. We're just warming up. The game hasn't started yet. We're just warming up. But anyway, God's good. We're going to read um, First Timothy chapter one, and we're going to read that, and uh, we're going to take it from there and see what God will do. Um, God wants to speak to all of us. You know, everyone uh, in this room is a candidate for something in the kingdom of God. Even if you discount yourself, uh, God's hand is on your life and God wants to take you on a journey. And who knows where you end up if you will stick and stay uh, with the program, with the plan. So, uh, you know, um, some time ago, there's a, a man who, who um, you know, he comes to our church on and off, you know. We see him, then we don't see him. We say, anyway, he was asking me, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a lots of issues. He's an older man. He's older than me. And so, and, you know, and I'm not that old, but he's older than me. <laughs> and, uh, and he was asking me about uh, this, you know, Bible school, if I could recommend, or I know, a Bible school, Bible course he could do and so on and so forth. 
And um, to be honest with you, I didn't. I mean, I never went to Bible school. Um, I went to medical school, but not Bible school. <laughs> so, but uh, um, when you look at the qualifications for preaching the gospel, uh, which what, well, that's what we're about to read in the text. We're going to read it, the qualifications. You know, Bible school isn't in there. That's not in there. But there's, one, there's, there's several things in there, but Bible school isn't one of them. And there's one thing in that list that I'm going to focus on this morning that has to do with every single one of us in this room. So let's read 1 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to begin verse number 1, and then we'll get to it. Amen. So scripture says, verse 1, this is a true saying, this is a faithful saying, now, this is a saying you can count on. This is a saying you can't go wrong with. It's a true saying that if a man desires the office of a bishop, i.e. a pastor, you want to be a, a, pre, a, a, a pastor, a shepherd, if any man desire, desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. It's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's the best job in the whole world. And so the, the, the writer says, you know, if, you, if any man here, if you desire to be a, a preacher, you know, you're on the right track. It's a powerful thing. Verse number two, a bishop then, <clears throat> now here's a list, must be blameless beyond approach, um, not scandalous. Okay, that's basically blameless. So that's what it means. It doesn't really mean perfect. But it just means, you know, yeah, there's, not, there's not rumors and stories all around going up about you. That ought not to be the case. Anyway, so a bishop must be blameless, the husband of, of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, knows how to deal with people, host people, look after people, okay? Um, apt to teach or able to teach. Verse number three, not given to wine. No striker, not a brawler. Every service is you're effing and blinding. You're having a fight with one of the folks at the back of the church. And I'm not that kind of person. You know, I'm easily upset. Someone says the wrong thing to you, you get vexed. You know, you want to knock him out. That, you know, that being a pastor is not the job for you. Amen. If that's how you are. Anyway, it goes on. So not given to wine, not a striker, um, not greedy, of filthy... Luca, basically not someone that loves money. But patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that rules well his own house or household, having his children in subjection with all gravity and seriousness. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God, not a novice that may be lifted up with pride and he fall into condemnation. It goes on, it goes on. But I don't know if you notice, in that list, there's nothing to do with education. Did you notice? There's nothing about Bible school. There's nothing about a diploma. 
There's nothing about, you know, a degree and divinity. There's nothing about... I, I know that's the standard thing we do today, you know. People say, I want to be a preacher. They say, oh, yeah, yeah, go to Bible school. And they recommend one. But, but it's not in there. And uh, in fact, when Jesus discipled his men uh, for leadership, he didn't send them to school. Uh, he discipled them, you know, was, you know just uh, them being around him. Uh, he gave them instruction. He gave them, um, he gave them responsibility, you know, he... Uh, included them with him when he went to do things. He's going to go pray for the sick or pray for the dead. Uh, he tell, okay, come guy, come. And they'll go together. That's how they kind of learn, being around Jesus. So again, we don't see that qualification in there. We don't, we don't see nothing about uh, uh, academics. We see nothing about gifting. There's nothing about gifting. Now, this, if you want to desire the office of a bishop, you have to be gifted. You have to be this high voltage, you know, uh, kind of personality, you know, uh, with a big loud tie, you know, and, uh, you know, several gold tooth and, uh, you know, the diamond rings. It's not in there. It's, it's not in there. In fact, it says nothing about personality. It doesn't say you don't have to be this, you know, super duper kind of individual. It's not in there. Nothing about gifting, nothing about admin, nothing about... Do you notice it all has to do with character? Everything that's listed in that list has to do with your character, who you are. But I want to go to the top of the list. Here's what it says. As the list begins, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. So nothing about school. Now think about this. Think about this. Because when we think about a preacher, you don't necessarily think, your mind doesn't go there. They're thinking about he needs to go and learn some degrees and learn about humanetics and exegesis and church history and, you know, <laughs> you know church accounts and church admin and, and all those different... Don't get me, those things are good. They're good things. But to the preacher or the author or the Holy Ghost, you know, what matters to God? Your family. So matters. Even if you read further down, it starts with family, and as you read further down, it goes back to family again. Verse number five. In fact, verse number four. Verse number four. If you get that up for me, please. One that rules well his own house, having children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his house, he might have the degrees, he might have the diploma, he might be smart, he might be academic, he might have the high voltage personality, and he might have that razzmatazz, that vibe about him, but if he can't rule his own house, you can't do this. And as a result, I want to preach about focus on the family. Because the thing is, the thing that we don't esteem, that we don't even look at, we don't pay no attention to, that's the most important thing. Not just to be a preacher, but for life in general. All the other stuff, <clears throat> they're all good. Again, don't get me wrong. Listen, if, you, if you're academic, that's great. I'm pretty academic too. You know, if you're, you know, if you have a good personality, you know, listen, we work on that. Like your pastor just said, you know, when he came to church, you know, his personality wasn't the most, 
you know, uh, engaging, inspiring person. I mean, his own words. That's what he said. And so, uh, you know, uh, it's good to learn those things. But friend, that's not the most important thing. So there is family. And there's a reason why. And we're going to get to that this morning. Because God wants to help all of you. It's not just, it's not, this sermon is not about, it's not about preaching the gospel. It's not about being a bishop or be, even though there may be some here, you're called to be a bishop, you're called to be a preacher. And, um, you know, you know we, we will do our best by the grace of God to help facilitate that. That's fine. And that's, the Bible says it's a good thing. But the sermon is not about that. The sermon is about something much deeper, much more profound. The sermon, this sermon is about the building block of society. This sermon is about what keeps nations Societies, clans, what keeps them solid, what blesses nations, what blesses individuals, what blesses children, what blesses the grandparents, what blesses, blesses the, the elderly or the old age pensioner, what blesses society. It's all about this. Think about this. Are the Onset at the very beginning, at the outset of human history, creation. The Bible said God began with one man. Is that right? Adam. He made all this wonderful stuff, trees and animals and nature, all these wonderful things. God made them and left all this luxury for humanity. And the Bible said God, after he did all of that, he made one man. Now, he could have made a whole village at the same time. He could have done if he wanted to, right? He didn't make a whole village. He could have started with a social services office, department, and, and staff it real good, and then begin creation, humanity. That way, he didn't do that. He started with one man, and after that, he added to that one woman, and after that, he added to that Children, and that was the starting point of all of humanity. Not an office, not a government, not a social security system that hands out benefits. One man, a wife, and children. And there's a, again, there's a reason for that, because that is God's plan for humanity. That's God's plan for revival. That's God's plan for the nations. That's God's plan for all that God wants to do on earth. His channel, he only has one channel and that's the family. Everything good God wants to do, stay with me, everything good God wants to do in our world, he has chosen to do it, not through the government, the Tories, the Labour Party, Joe Biden, God help us. <laughs> Before there was ever a government, if I, the family was the government. Before there ever was a social services department, the family was that before there ever was a hospital, 
before there ever was anything you could think of. This is God's plan. And we all better get it this morning. Because that's where it all begins to unravel and break down. When we think, it's the government. When you think, it's so-and-so. When you think, it's the bank. <laughs> the bank is a solution to your problems, amen. If, if I could just connect with my bank manager, I, I'll be all right. Now, if I could just connect with my lawyer, I'll be good. No, 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 no. A lot of our problems, a lot of the problems in our society today, a lot of the mental health crisis we're dealing with today is as a result of the breakdown of what I'm preaching about this morning. That's where it's coming from. That's why our hospitals are packed. That's why our mental health institutions are packed. That's why the prisons are packed. There's more revival in the prison than there is in this place this morning. Amen. Because of what I'm preaching about this morning, because about the breakdown of what I'm preaching about this morning. That's why people rob your house, people commit crime, people do all kinds of vicious, heinous, unbelievable crimes. Friend, it's all coming from the breakdown of the family. And that's why the writer said, listen, if you're going to be a preacher, if you're going to be a pastor, if you're going to shepherd people, you need to have a, you, you need to be a model. Because a lot of people are going to come through the doors from dysfunctional, broken, fractured families. Probably all of us, amen. And they're going to come in and they need a model. They need something to look at. So wow, that's how it should have been. That's what I've never, listen, when I went to church, when I went to church, that's the first time I got to see how a family should work. I never knew. I came from a fairly turbulent family, physical fights, and all, all other kinds of fights, and separation, and coming back again, and separation. That's where I came from. It wasn't until, I, it wasn't until the age of 19, 19 years old. So the first 19 years of my life, I don't really know. If you ask me what was a family, I, 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 listen, all we know is our experience, right? That's all we know. You can't know someone else's experience. All you know is your life and what you grew up in and what you are sensitized to. You know, if you grew up in a home where there's always, you know, listen, there's WWF. The WWF? Not WWW. That's World Wide Web. WW is a World Wrestling Federation. Amen. So when you grow up, in your mind, that's just, that's the norm, right? You don't know nothing else. If you grew up in a home where you and mom and, you know, and different men are passing through the home, well, that's all you know. You don't know nothing else. If you grew up in a home where, you know, there's, you know, there's dad, one minute dad's there, next minute he's gone to, you know, uh, Auntie Susie, I mean, for, for about two months, and then he comes back again, and then, then he's gone to Auntie, you know, uh, whatever, and all the Auntie, I don't know Aunties, amen. Or that's, at least that's what you were told, they were Aunties. But, you know, that, that, that's all you know. And, and I'm not surprised when you get older yourself, you start doing the same thing. That's all you know. For many of us, maybe not all of us, some of us had decent homes. But I'll probably say maybe 90%. The first time you got to see how a family should run is in the house of God. Which is why 
You can't have a preacher, a pastor, with a dysfunctional family who also goes after Auntie Susie. <laughs> Try it to pastor a church because the church ought to be at least the one place you go, wow. So this is what a family was meant to be. The one place. The one place. Friend, friend, you can go to number 10 down the street. Ain't no family function right there, amen. Well, at least a guy before, amen, you know. He won't even tell you how many kids he had. You know, during the campaign, you know, Boris Johnson won't say how many kids he had. Because he had different kids from all over the place. And so, uh, you don't find that in Downing Street. You don't find it in Buckingham Palace. You don't find it in the White House. But there ought to be one place, though, that we run into. You look up at the stage, and you see the man. And when he comes off the stage, you see how he interacts with his wife. You go to his house, you see how he interacts with his wife and his kids. You say, you know what? This is what I've missed most of my life. I want to be like that man. I want to have what he has. I'll follow him. This is the real deal. There ought to be what, we have to safeguard this thing in the house of God. That's what the writer said. Anyone that desires to be a shepherd, a preacher, a pastor, whatever word you want to use, there ought to be the husband of one wife. Let me give you the correct Greek interpretation. Because in the, in the actual Greek rendering, that's not what it says. It doesn't say the husband of one wife. It says anyone that desires to be a preacher should be a one-woman man. That's, that's, that's the actual grammar of the Greek. A one-woman man. Lifetime, one woman. How long have you been married? 30 years. Well, I was five years with uh, this one and six years with that one. No, no, no. A one, a one woman, one woman man, the whole way through. And whilst he's with that one woman, he's only with that one woman. And I, I, know, I, know it's, I know that's simple. The pastor preaching simple stuff. Hey, listen, the most simple things are the most profound. I said the most simple things are the most profound in life. If I, if I didn't say common sense isn't common anymore because folks, amen, folks don't know just the basic simple pillars of life anymore. A one woman man. Not a one man man. Amen. That's a side note. That's a side note. But I thought I'd just say that. Amen. It's not in the notes, but I'll just throw that out. Amen. A one woman Man, amen. Last week, I think it's last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, the synod of the bishops of the Church of England, worldwide, global, they just voted, I think last week, that they are not going to ordain gay ministers. And they were pondering this, you know, de deliberating this over six years. I could have told them <laughs> in six seconds. <laughs> six years? It's like, what, six years to figure that out? 
in the beginning. Let's go back to the beginning, right? Let's go way back to the beginning so that we don't get confused. Genesis chapter 2. I think I gave the scripture there, verse number 24. Let's go way back to the beginning. This is the second page of the Bible. The second, you know, way, 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 way back at the beginning. Okay, you haven't got it. Okay, that's fine. But, is that you haven't got it or is it the devil? The devil doesn't want you to display the scripture. Amen. I'll wait. Amen. I will wait. Because um, for this reason, a man shall leave mother and father. I know it, but I just I want you to see it. I don't want to just quote it. You say, well, that's just, that's just your opinion. And I'm, no, and I want you to see it for yourself. Amen. I need the scripture, guys. Amen. But the, what we're speaking of this morning, I am laying a foundation for what I really want to say. I'm going to get to it in a second. Because people, folks, I even go as far as saying folks in this room this morning are living under the burden and the pain and the scars of dysfunctional families, broken families, abandonment, rejection, abuse. We go on and on. We go on and on. Unfaithfulness. Infidelity. Many of us are carrying the pain because people have detoured from what the scripture says. Listen, we don't need academic preachers. That's all we need. Now, you got academic, that's fine, but that's all we need. We don't need preachers who are loud and just, yeah, run from the stage and run to the back and run back again. No, that's not what we need. That's not what we need. What we need are not just preachers. We need men in this church who will exemplify and typify what it means to be a man of God. Men, rise up and go against the culture and live their lives counterculture and go against the grain and the flow. Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 24, says, For this reason, a man shall leave father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. It's another way of saying what the preacher was saying. A one-woman man. A one woman man. You know, I'm in different forums. You know, because of school and in friends and university. I mean, I'm in different, you know, what's you know, WhatsApp group, that's the thing these days. You know, there's a WhatsApp group for everything. You know, yeah, yeah, people who sneeze a certain way, there's a group for them, you know, there's a, there's a group for everything. So, you know, I'm in several of these groups, and and you know, it's funny how you know people bring up, you know, conversation and talk about, you know, and you know, marriage always comes up and you know, man, woman, and how men can, you know, ought to be able to allow to be to have lots of women because men are made and programmed and designed to be, you know, just to have lots of partners and so on and so forth. And uh, sometimes, you know, funny enough, you have women saying that, saying, yeah, men should be allowed to, and all these different things. And, and I understand that maybe that's your experience in life or that's how you grew up or that's maybe you're in a marriage where the man does that uh, to pacify and, 
You begin to adapt your theology to the fit your personal experience. I get it. People do that. I get it. But the truth is the truth. The truth is not based on your experience. The truth is based on the word of God. Whatever your experience is, that, that's your experience. <laughs> just because it's your experience doesn't mean it's everyone's experience. That's just you. And the scripture says, for this reason, a man will leave father and mother, join to his wife, and they become one flesh. Yeah, but you know, Solomon had a thousand women. That's between Solomon and his God. Amen. <laughs> Don't follow Solomon. <laughs> It's up to you, amen. You know, so and so had, you know, four wives, right between them and their God. All I know is, at the very outset, he said, one man, one woman, one flesh for life. He repeat, this guy repeats it. This is like thousands of years later on. He says, if you, the highest post in the church, in the kingdom of God, if you desire that, you ought to be a one woman man. That ought to be your hallmark. That ought to be your character. Blameless, above reproach. You live your life in such a way that the whole world knows I'm married to this woman and that's it. There's nothing else. You display that. You reflect that. You radiate that. You, you, everyone knows. This, you know, there's no, this is it. Because we're living in 2023 and there's a lot of confusion. There's a, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of confusion. People don't even know what a woman is anymore. I don't know if you know. There's a, there's a debate going on right now. What is a woman? You know, we spent the last 150 years fighting for women's rights. And then now we don't even know what a woman is. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Amen. But, amen. I feel sorry for the feminists. 150 years they've been fighting, fighting, dying, sacrificing. I, I finally got a woman's rights, and now it's like, I don't even know what it is. But even that, a bloke can be a woman and get the rights that you lot fought for. That your moms, your grandmas fought for and gave their lives, and then now blokes can get those benefits. I feel sorry for them, but I'm feminist. feminist. I, feel, I really feel for them. Amen. So listen, I guess the moral, of, the moral of that story is if you're going to fight for something, you're going to fight for the right thing because whatever you're fighting for, you give your life for, someone down the line might come and just change it all, change it all up. <laughs> That's a man, you know, a man, a man can be a woman now. A man can go to women's prisons, you know. A man can, uh, uh, amen, and it has happened. Men have gone to women's prisons and, you know, do what men do in the women's prisons, you know what I'm saying? And so you just have to, you just have to, you don't have to be a, a fully fledged woman. You just have to identify as a woman. You wake up that morning. On the morning that you're going to be sentenced, you just wake up that morning, I feel. It's not I feel good. No, 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 no. I feel. I feel girl. Not good. And they put you in a woman's prison. And it's a revival. You're never coming out. As soon as they send you out of prison, you come out of a crime and go back in again. <laughs> You have a revival, you're blessed. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, there's a lot of confusion in the schools, in government, in the criminal justice system. But it wouldn't be so bad 
if it stayed there, it creeps into the church. And the author said, for that reason, the church at least should be one place. There's no confusion. Zero. You walk in, you know what a man is. Listen, you walk in, you walk in, and you see my brother right there, Toby. You see him leading a present worship. You know what a man is. When you hear that man singing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> when you hear the voice, see his dominion, the way he carries himself. Any man, rude boy, half man, in between man. When you walk in, all your doubt, it goes. You see my man singing? You see a pastor preaching, dominion? You see me doing my thing? There's no confusion. There's no... <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Because there ought not to be confusion. When there's confu- confusion brings insecurity. Insecurity is fear. Fear is mental health. Affliction. It's what happens when there's confusion. We really do need to get this right. We really do need to exemplify, not just the pastor, all the men here, every man here, whether you're not married or you're married, you need to ooze masculinity. God gave you more testosterone than the women folk for a reason. Is a reason why I gave that to you. You didn't know you have 12 times more testosterone in your blood than a woman? There's a reason for that. We're not all the same. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lies. We're not all the same. And that's just, that's just one hormone. I can give you a list of all the hormones that just men have more, some women have more, for a reason. We don't have as much estrogen as the women folk. Bro, it's for a reason. Bro, it's for a reason. So when you start doing that hormone replacement therapy stuff and you start taking out estrogen and your chest begins to come out, you start start talking like this. You you just want to slap the guy. Come on, come on, come on. (laughs) Because you're a man. God made you a man. Men and women are equal. They are equal, but they're different. You don't have to be the same to be equal. Right? It don't have to be the same to be equal. Why does it have to be the same? Can you ever imagine every meal was the same? They say, whether you have an oxtail, <laughs> oxtail, some of you think it was oxtail. Well, if you don't know, ask someone. <laughs> Find someone that looks like me and ask him, and they'll tell you what oxtail is. But oxtail or, or curried mutton, they're not the same. But when I eat them, I get the same euphoria. I get the same joy. <laughs> They're not the same. One's mutton or lamb. The other one's beef, you know, oxtail. It gives me the same joy, though. But they're not equal. So that's right. They're not the same, but equal effect. You don't have to be the same to be equal. To be of equal, every car you buy has to be the same to have the same value. No. You get a Jaguar and get a Volvo, 
similar respect, they, they have the same value. That's you pay the same money for them. But they're not the same thing. And so God designed you as a man for a reason. You know what the impact of this is? When we, when we begin to follow this, <clears throat> when we begin to esteem this, when we begin to respect this, when we begin to apply this, when the men begin to choose to be men. By the way, the reason why you got so much testosterone is that back in the day, way before we had offices and cities and, you know, you, know, you go to DHL or you go to this other, uh, Microsoft, you sit in a nice plush office and you work, you earn a living. Way before that, you know, men used to hunt. Yeah, you chase, chase the dare or chase the, you know, kill it, bring it home. And the woman was at home nurturing the kids. Wouldn't it be a bit funny if the man was at home nurturing the kids with his little apron, you know, his little, you know, the, what's it called? What do you think of? The finger tie around? What's it called? It's an apron. Never. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I've, I've, I don't wear that stuff. But, you know, <laughs> amen. Amen. Maybe I'm, I don't know if I'm upsetting anyone here. Listen, I'm sorry. I don't mean to upset you, but your wife, your wife is out there with the with the spear chasing the thing, and you're at home. Johnny, 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 come here. And 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 Johnny, Johnny's not listening. He's just running around, and you're chasing Johnny. Oh, Johnny, go! You're chasing Johnny. You're wasting your testosterone. <laughs> You're wasting it. Twelve times more. Are you just letting it go to waste? Chasing Johnny around. Whilst your wife is out there exposed to the elements. You know, she can get caught out there. She can get raped out there. She, and all kinds of stuff can happen out there. And you're at home chasing Johnny. <laughs> you need a slap. You need a slap. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm going to preach and I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave straight away. I, mean, no. <laughs> so, man, I don't know. Anyway, but listen, this is to bless you. Okay, so here's the reason now. Here's the question. Why did the man say that a preacher must be a one-woman man and, and must oversee his household and be in control and rule, and teach, and groom, prep, prep his kids. Why is that? I'm going to answer that with this scripture, then we're going to wrap up and close, all right? So Genesis, are we, are we okay? Are we ready for scripture, or we're still, are we awake or asleep? I don't know. <laughs> awake, okay. So Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18. <clears throat> Verse number 16. And I want you to read this with me. Just read it in your mind. Read it. I'm going to read it carefully. And you're going to see why this is so crucial. Then the man <clears throat> rose from there and they looked towards Sodom. And Abraham 
went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Let's just pause there. Let's just pause. So shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? Because he's about to destroy Sodom. We all know the story. Sodom and Gomorrah rained down, you know, brimstone and fire and sulfur and all that stuff. Amen. So <clears throat> he's saying, me as God, shall I hide it from Abraham? Obviously, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. He's going to speak Abraham like his friend. Let's read on. And the Lord said, so says Abraham, <clears throat> so shall I hide it from Abraham? I says no, but here's the reason. Says Abraham shall surely become a great and a mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Why? Why? The next verse. Why would he be a great and mighty nation? Here's the reason why. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him. Let's, let's, that's it. For that's all we need to know this morning. The dominion God had for Abraham, God was going to make Abraham a blessing to the nations of the earth. To the nations of the earth. God was going to honor Abraham. God was going to give him wealth. God was going to give him expansion. God was going to give him abundance. God was going to elevate this man. In fact, we're all here this morning because of this man, or at least because of his seed. You know, Jesus came from Abraham, and that's why we're all here this morning. All of this destiny, all of this reward, all of this blessing through generations, through millennia and centuries came. Why? Because he said, I know Abraham. That he would order his household and his children after him. And when I saw that in Abraham, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give you more than you've ever even fantasized. I'll give you nations. I'll give you men. I'll give you couples. I'll give you churches. I'll give you money. I'll give you influence. Because I know you, Abraham. You're going to order your children. Because if you can order your household, that's the testing ground. That is the degree you need. The diploma you're looking for is can you handle that little home? Because if you can handle that, I can give you this. If you can manage that, like, just like he said, how can a man manage the house of God if he can't manage his own household? This is the test. That is the diploma. That is the exam. That is what opens the door to all of us in this room. Do you know why? God loves family. God began with family. God started this whole thing with a family. This whole thing. God loves you. That's why he put you in a family. No one here parachuted straight from heaven. Yes, he just parachuted down and hit the ground running. No, no, you were born into a family. And that family had to nurture you. That family had to spend money and sacrifice and give up things to see that you did well. But maybe that may not be your story, my friend. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe you were rejected. Maybe you were adopted. You were given up for adoption. But God loves you. And even now, 
under the sound of my voice, he wants to put you in a family. That's what church is about. And that's why God said, the preacher must typify and exemplify my original plan, the family. Because the family is on the rocks today. The family is broken today. The family is, is, is mashed up today. So I want preachers. I want men. I want men in this church to rise up and lead their families. That's what I want. And, and if you would do that, see what he said? I'll give you nations. I'll give it to you. Because that's my heartbeat. He loves families. He loves people. Friend, he loves your family. Don't break up your family. Don't destroy your family. Don't run off with Auntie Susie. Don't, no, don't do that. Well, I'm not in love anymore. No, no, no. Get back in love. Amen. Do whatever you have to do to get back in love. I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know. But just get back in love. Because that thing you're despising, God loves it. That thing you're not esteeming, God esteems it. He loves your family. He loves your marriage. I was speaking to a couple of guys. I won't say their names. They're here, but I won't say their names. We have a marriage seminar coming up. Amen. I won't say their names, but you probably could figure out who they are. Amen. But, <laughs> but we have a marriage seminar coming up. And I said to these men, you know, he said to me, oh, man, Pastor, man, 315 pounds, that's too much. I said, to, I said to the guy, listen, is your wife not worth? I said, do you know what, how much a divorce costs? Do you know? 315 pounds? Come on, be a man. Be a man. That's why you work. Slap the money. Say, Pastor, I won't just pay for myself. I'll pay for another couple. Pastor, you know, I I, I see see some couples in the church who can't afford it. I know they can't afford it. I'll pay for them. Because God values family. And you should value family. If you can pay for someone, pay for someone else. I'll pay yours as well. Amen. Pastor, I'm not paying for my man, I'm paying for so-and-so. <laughs> no, no. You pay. pay, cherish, esteem, elevate this thing. It's powerful. That's how we get to reach the world. That's how we accomplish and fulfill world evangelism. We send families. Mo and Elizabeth, that's a family. Uh, he came here labored. And some of you were watching him. And so he began to deserve what he had. So I want to be like that man. Same for me, like I said, I was 19 years old. When I walked into church, it was families, I saw the pa- I was inspired. I'm Pastor Pete, same thing. Because this is what inspires the next generation. Because a lot of those young people, teenagers, they've come from broken, non-existent families. And they're just looking for someone to show them an example of what a family should be. And that's the key to revival because when young people come, they see that, they will stay in this church. So that's what I want. That's what I never had. That's what I want. Powerful. Abraham, I'll give you nations because I know and I've watched you lead your household. Be Be the priest of your household. Be the pastor of your household. At home, you're, you're number one when it comes to serving God. You're, you're not the kind of guy, Sunday morning, you're sleeping and your wife's trying to wake you up. It's church. No, 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 no. I'm the man. You lead. You're the one waking everyone else up. 
Come, let's go, let's go, got kids, come. Wife, let's go, let's go. To the house of the Lord. You're the leader. You're in front. When the family goes through financial crises, bereavement crises, any kind of crises, you're the strong one. The wife is freaking out. You're steady. You can't be, she's steady, and you're freaking out. Because you're wasting your testosterone. You're wasting it. Twelve times more, and you're wasting it. And I'm not even joking. I'm not even, I'm not even, it's not a joke. I'm serious. You're wasting what God gave you to lead your home, lead your children, and thereby, by extrapolation, by extension, lead many other people and lead nations. I'm telling you now, I'm telling you, I'm just I'm warning you from this congregation, from this group of people, we're going to touch the world. We're going, to, we're going to touch nations. But it's going to cost us. And it's going to cost you being a, a leader. Men, be a leader. And you know, let me just say this to the women. Because it's, it's a bit unfair just focusing on the men. You know, listen, sis. Don't give your husband a hard time. You know, don't be like a... You know, don't be like an untamed horse. You try to lead the horse one way, the horse is just fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. No, 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 you get behind your husband. Get behind your man. Help him. God made you to be a helper to your husband. That's the whole reason why you're married to him. Otherwise, you're useless as well. You have no use. If you're not going to help him, you have no use. God brought Eve to Adam. Why? To fight him? No. To rival, be rivals with him? No. To try and convince him we're all equal here, well, they all share everything, all the all, No. God gave Eve to Adam to be a helper. That's the reason. And if you're not a helper, well, you're useless. Yeah, you, you, you have no use. Amen. If you don't want to be a helper, don't get married. I, 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 listen, I love you with all of my heart. If you don't want to be a helper, please stay away. For marriage because it's going to be a very painful <laughs> experience amen if you want to and also if you say okay well I want to be a helper on, on? yeah if you, if you say I want to be a helper well you better mind somebody that you can help you better mind someone that's doing something that he needs help with because if he's just in the in the flat just playing Bob Marley songs all day on benefits, where well, you don't need help with nothing. Run away from him. Amen. <laughs> well, he's, why does he need help with nothing? You only hook up to a man who's going somewhere so you can help him. Again, if he doesn't need help, what's the point? But he makes me laugh. No, no, no. That... <laughs> Okay, so God gave Eve to Adam so Adam could make her laugh. No. God gave Eve to Adam so Eve could help Adam fulfill the destiny that God gave him. That's the whole point. So anyway, 
We thank. Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes. Amen. <clears throat> we are. We're in the presence of God here. God is a good God. God is so good. God is a master builder. He's a master planner. He's a master architect. And so he's going to build this whole thing. Humanity, the kingdom of God. And because he's a master builder, he said, now I'm going to start with one man. And a man will be around for a while on his own. Then I'm going to bring a woman to him to help him. And then they're going to have children. And he's going to rule and he's going to oversee and he's going to love and raise his family with affection and love and skill and, you know, learn the skills he needs. And, and uh, he's going to do that. And then because as he does that, I am going to bless that man, multiply him many times over, give him wealth, give him influence, give him power. Because that's my design. That's the, the, that's the master architect, the master builder. That's his way. That's his format. That, that's, how he, that's how he rolls. Amen. And he's still sticking to that blueprint even in 2023. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. That's why we see all the ills we see in society. That's why our prisons, our mental health places are packed because we have moved away. We have uh, destroyed. We have castigated we have despised this thing called family. People, men leave their wives every single day. No, no, don't give any thought. Uh, you know, uh, women leave their husband every single day. No, no thought. Men leave their kids, abandon their kids and run off. We can go to seek, uh, seek comfort in another woman's house. Uh, all of this stuff. And then sometimes even, sometimes we glorify, you know, media they glorify, but friend is causing people pain. It is hurting people. People are self-harming. People are afflicted. People are conflicted. People are uh, terrorized. Amen. People are having panic attacks. All because, amen, of the breakdown of the family. Friend, we are in a critical uh, uh, season of life. We, we are in a pandemic. And it's not the big C or the small C, uh, coronavirus, or whatever you want to call it. That's not what the pandemic is. The pandemic is a pandemic of the breakdown of the family. That's killing more people than anything else you can think of. The biggest, the biggest cause of death. Think about this. In the UK, in men between the age of 25 and 45, the biggest killer is not COVID. Suicide. Suicide. Because folks are broken. Folks are scarred. And when you, when you begin to investigate it, you begin to look into it, somewhere along the line, the family broke down. Whether it's the man's own family, as in his wife, kid, whatever, or his parents, or somewhere along the line, there was a breakdown. Because what we're speaking about this morning is deeper and more profound than you would ever imagine. That's why God respects it. God upholds it. God esteems it. And then the man said, the, the writer said, if you're going to be a pastor... Listen, I don't care too much about your education. I don't care too much about your looks. Are you good looking or not good looking? I don't care too much about whether you can crack jokes, boss jokes. I don't care too much about you already got pinstripe suits on or, you know. Listen, 
the, the, the writer says, you know, the thing I care the most about. You are a one-woman man. A one-woman man. A one-woman man. And I pray, I pray to God, I hope to God that there are people here who have or will make the decision to be a one-woman man, to order their family, order their home, and go on to greatness, greatness. Amen. So before we carry on, if you're not born again, if you're not saved, if you're backslidden, if you're away from God, listen, there's hope for you. I, I, I bring you good news. I bring you wonderful news. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Yeah, he rose again. He's alive this morning and well. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lies. Don't get carried away. Jesus is alive and well. He's in this room as we speak. He's touched many of our, of our lives. He's touched my life and many people here. Turn their lives around. He wants to do the same for you. He's not racist. He's not biased. He's not into black people. All white people, all women, all men, all big people, small people, rich people, poor. No, 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 no. He's into everyone. That's why the Bible always says, whosoever. Whosoever means whosoever. No one's excluded. No one here is too bad. No one's too good. No one's too self-righteous. Or no one's too unrighteous. Everyone is included under the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I wonder how many, if that's you, if you're not born again, you're not saved, you're backslidden, if you were to die right now, God forbid, but if you were to die right now, you have no assurance that heaven would be your home where Jesus is in the house. It can all change in a moment of time if you would respond if he would put the pride and the ego to one side and say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. Maybe a lot of what I said this morning resonated with you. A lot of what I said this morning related to you. But that's because God loves you. And I wonder how many. If they're not born again, you're not saved, you're back. Saved. Put your hand up for me quickly. Put it up and put it back down where I can see. Put it up, put it up boldly in the air and then put it back down again. And today will be a turning point. Today will be a, a reference point. You never forget. Because your life will start afresh. If any man be in Christ, he becomes a new creature. Old things will pass away. And all things will become new. A new life, a new experience, a new cleanness a new innocence, a new beginning. How many? Put your hand up. Hand up quickly. Up in the air and put it back down where I can see it and we're going to move on. Thank you. Appreciate that. Anyone else? Join. Hands up back. Sit at the back. Thank you. How many more? Come on. Hands are going up. That's you. God speaking to you. God's dealing with you. This is not me. That's God. Amen. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a vessel. But God's dealing with you. One-on-one. -on -one. Come on. Hands up. I'm going to join these ones. Hands up. Let me see it. We will counter a privilege to be able to pray with you. But you've got to respond. Amen. God loves you. God wants to heal your life. God wants to give you what you never had. God wants to give you what you've never experienced, what you've never tasted. He wants to give it to you. 
but you have to respond. How many more? Hands up, quickly. Put it back down. Okay, those who put their hands up, you put your hand up. Look at, look, look at me, look at me, guys. You put your hands up. Can I ask you to just do, just come, come to the front. Come, someone pray with you. Come, we want to pray with you. Don't be shy, just come. Amen, we don't bite. No fighting, no biting here this morning. Amen, just come, come, amen, come. There's someone at the back, come, don't be shy. Just come, we want to pray with you. Come, sir. Come, sir. Wait a second. God loves you. And then God bless you, sir. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sing this song, amen. Let's sing this song. Amen. If you're not praying, we're going to sing. You stand, stand to your feet. As, if you're not praying, stand to your feet and sing this song. If you want to pray, come to the front. The altar's open if you want to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I wanted to pray, those of you that prayed for salvation, I want to just pray uh, just for, for you guys. And so I want you to repeat after me. Now, there might be some people in the crowd, you're too scared, you're too shy, whatever the case, but you should have come to the front. When we pray right now, I want you to repeat with me as well. If you want to give your life to Christ, pray with me. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, God's going to begin a whole new journey. It's not business as usual anymore. There's a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. And he will lead you in his way. Just pray with me. And those of you at the front, just pray again. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I'm asking you to forgive me. I repent. I renounce. I reject my sin. No more excuses. I want to be honest. Forgive me. Wash me with your blood. 
Wash me clean. Reach deep down to the innermost part of my being and change me and heal me and restore me. Thank you, Jesus. It's not business as usual. It's a new dawn. It's a new beginning. It's a new regime. I will follow you. Give me the power. Give me what it takes to serve you. And right now, I'm asking you to begin to heal and restore my family, my loved ones, broken relationships that seemed lost forever. Lord, begin to work your work and restore what the enemy has stolen and restore what the thief has taken and usurped in the name of Jesus. I love you. I will serve you. I will never go back on this decision. Help me. Use me. Let my life have an impact. Let other people get to know you, get to follow you because of my life and my testimony and my exampleship. I give it all to you. I surrender the habits, the addictions, the base things that I'm entangled with. I give it to you. God, exchange it for your life and your goodness and your self-control and your power in the name of Jesus. Let's give him praise, amen. Come on, all, all, let's give him praise, hallelujah. God, we love you. God, we bless you. There is none like you, oh God. Thank you for the lives that you've touched and you've healed right now in the name of Jesus. Have your way, oh God. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to we just pray. Uh, I know there's a lot of families here, a lot of some people married, or you have you got family. Maybe you got kids. Maybe you're not married, but you got kids. You got family. Oh, you just we say we're all from a family. I really want to pray for folks because um, I know there's a there is a, a demonic assault. I know, I know. Because listen, I'm part of a family myself, and I can tell you, um, uh, just as, a, as just as a man, as a father, as a husband, there's an assault on my family. It's the same for all of us, all of us. I so want to pray, amen, because we really, really want to be, our families to be secure. Uh, we, don't, I, you know, we don't want to come back here in two years' time. Uh, oh, where's so-and-so? Oh, they got divorced and they've left church. Oh, where's so-and-so? Yeah, no, dad ran out for that. We don't want that, amen. We, we want, we really want, and we crave, and we contend for dominion in this area. Listen, if you're not married, if you're single and you want to be married one day, I mean, not everyone single wants to be married. I, I get it, you know. You don't want to be married, that's fine. But even if you don't want to be married, listen, you still need families to raise kids. So when you get old, those families uh, who raise kids who will be responsible, work jobs, pay tax to look after you, amen. So either way, this affects all of us. Uh, we want them families that raise kids and teach them not to mug old ladies and not to to show respect to the elderly and all that. That's what happens in families. You know, that's where it happens. That's where the kids learn that. 
kids learn how to treat, young boys learn how to treat women right in families. You know, young women learn how to act and be, carry themselves. They learn that in families, you know, and, uh, and so people, you know, people learn a work ethic in the family. Amen. So um, that's what we want. And so this is in the interest of all of us, <laughs> whether you're married, whether you have a family, or you don't have a family, or you're not married. It's irrelevant. It, well, we all of society, all of this church will be blessed by strong families, amen. And the nations of the world will be blessed. When all of you guys are you know, some, some new newlyweds here, you know, and uh, one day you guys start having your kids, your five, nine kids, whatever you're going to have. When you start having those kids and they grow up in this church and they discipled, this, they discipled uh, those kids, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you right now, those kids will be the arrows, the arrows that we would, we would into the nations of the world, amen. They'll go. They're going to go. They're going to go to regions Territories we've never been to. And they're going to take this gospel and they're going to touch the world. Kids that will be born here, right here, right here. They'll be in these chairs coloring. They're not going to stay kids forever. They're going to grow up and be adults like you and I. And they're going to have an advantage that we never had. They were born here. They were born into it. And they're going to grow up and they're going to go and they're going to blow our minds with what they will do. But, but, that, but that depending on you as a mother and a father doing the right thing being the right example. And so when they see that, I'm telling you, man, I, listen, <laughs> I, listen, eye hasn't seen, ears haven't heard what we will do. It's already happening. It's already happening. I'll tell you a little story before I finish. I was, you know, I, we had a men's discipleship. Some of you men came to, came to Doncaster on Friday. Some of the men came and some of the men here. A lot of men, I was there, and people from our church, and people from churches around, you know, the north of England. And we all came there, and, uh, you know, and the pastor, Mike Brick, the pastor, uh, he's there. Just the place is packed with men. And he's there, and he's just introducing Pastor Brown, our pastor, and so on and so forth. And I'm looking at Mike Brick, and I knew, I knew Mike Brick when he was a youngster. His father is Pat Brick. Pat Brick has preached there before. Right? Some of you might remember. He's preached there before. Pat, no, he's, Pat Brick is his father. He's a preacher in our fellowship. Mike is only 26 years old. And I'm watching, I'm watching Mike break and dunk. I'm watching him function and move. I think, you know what? That's because of his father. That's where that's coming from. We know, listen, I know, I've known Pat Brick for years, the father, I've known him for years. You know, no families are perfect. His family isn't perfect. But you're seeing a man who, who has dug the wells. He's dug it. He's given sweat and blood. And now his son, his son, is reaping the blessings. His son's been there literally about two years, two, three years. And I'm looking at the church. How did this guy do this? It's generational blessing. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's honor. He's only 26 years old, a young man. I mean, he went there when he was 24, 23, whatever. And he's there. He's having revival. He's touching He's touching all these Slovakians and different people, English people, and they're coming to church and I'm looking at this guy. It's not his own doing. Now, don't get me wrong, he does have a part to play, but his man has stepped into the blessings of his father. That's what it is. And it's going to happen many, 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 many times over here. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Amen. Pastor, come up. Amen. Hallelujah.